0: Luke chapter eighteen, and I know it's familiar verses to most of us. It says, And he spake a parable unto them, to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, There was a in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man, and there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Lord, tonight we just pray that you would quicken your word to our hearts as we come. Lord, to seek your face tonight, we ask that your word, Lord, would just come into our hearts afresh and faith would rise in our hearts, O God. Lord, we pray that you would just anoint us each one tonight in this meeting, Lord, just to afresh to come before your throne, Lord, to pray and to intercede on those that are in great need tonight. So, Lord, help us as we turn to your word. Open it to us afresh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Amen. What a few verses. Uh, these, these few verses are so, so precious, so important, so vital. And full of revelation when it comes to the area of intercession and prayer and seeking the Lord. And it is about praying and not fainting. That's what the Lord opens that opening verse there. He says that men not always to pray. That word prayer there is to earnestly seek the Lord. That's what the Greek meaning of that word is. That men are always to pray, to earnestly seek God and not to faint, not to become exhausted, not to give up, not to turn back, not to throw in the towel, but we are to earnestly seek the Lord. And so he gives us this parable of this judge, this unjust judge, and this woman, this widow woman that was troubling the Lord, the troubling this unjust judge. She was persistent. She would not give up. She would not let go. She would not let in. She would not pull back. She wanted an answer from the unjust judge. And it's the words of the unjust judge in verse 6 that the Lord draws our attention to. The Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And we look at the words of the unjust judge, this widow that was pursuing after him. It says, Because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming, she weary me. He points us to the words of the unjust judge. And this unjust judge recognized within this woman that there was a persistence, that she was persistent in seeking an answer from this unjust judge. And the Lord brings it in to the revelation and the truth that God, He says, and shall not God avenge His own elect Tonight we are the elect of God. We are God's elect. Shall he not avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him though he bear long with them? And Just these words, that those few words there which cry day and night unto him. This widow woman was not going to give up. She wasn't going to give in. She was going to be persistent in prayer until... She got that answer. If you turn back over the just into Isaiah chapter 62, Isaiah chapter 62, those couple of verses that we referenced there just on Sunday morning, Isaiah chapter 62, we'll see a parallel in this intercession, in this cry upon the walls of Jerusalem. In Isaiah 62 and 6, it says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem. Watchmen, plural, a people that were on the walls, on the walls, that shall never hold their peace day or night. Yea, that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. Never hold their peace. This is just like this widow woman. She would not give up. She would not give in. She was persistent in her prayer. I I believe that every one of us in this room tonight, have prayers that we need answered. There's prayers that we need answers. There's tears that we have wept. There are hearts that are heavy with situations in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in this town, in our nation. We are burdened with what we see. And the people around us are unsaved loved ones. And there's a persistence in prayer that is crucial for us. We're not trying to Bend God's arm up his back. But we're just persistent. There's a test. There's, there's, a, there's a work of God. We can't tie it all together. We can't understand it all. But we know that when we come faithfully to the throne of grace, God hears the persistent cry of his people. And here we read of the watchmen on the walls. And I believe that this prayer meeting is a prayer meeting where we are the watchmen. That are on the walls tonight. We have a responsibility to be those watchmen that cry unto the Lord, that don't hold their peace, that don't hold back, that don't give in, that don't faint, that don't become weary, but that we make mention of the Lord and we keep not silence. Verse seven says there, give him no rest. Imagine, just think of those words and give him no rest. A God that never slumbers or sleep, but There was a watch there were watchmen, men and women that stood on the walls that would cry out to the Lord Almighty and give him no rest. They were persistent in their cry up into the throne of grace. They called on to the Lord. They knew that he would hear their cry and they knew that he would answer them. And there was a persistence. I can't fully tie all that together. Uh, when, why does he not answer the first time? I know he hears the first time, and his answers come in his time, and his perfect time, but yet we see there's something of an earnest intercession that pleases the Lord, that tests our faith, and then there is an answer that comes breaking through. And there's something about all of this that all I know is in this side of the realm and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, but in the natural we see all of the impossibilities. We face our unanswered prayers every day of our lives. But yet I know that there's something beyond the natural realm and in the realm of the Spirit that all of us have a responsibility tonight to be on the wall and to be interceding and to be crying out unto the Lord and give Him no rest. It says there, till He establish till His purposes, till the answer to the, to the breakthrough comes in our families and in our town and in this nation. We need to see a mighty breakthrough. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is so dire. It is so dead. It is so empty. It is so dark. It's so filled with confusion and fear. But we need an answer to come through from the Lord. And it says, And give Him no rest till He establish until He make Jerusalem a praise upon the earth. You know, God's desire in the literal physical sense and also in the spiritual sense is to raise up His people, that people would see the mighty sovereign hand of God at work, both in the physical of Jerusalem and also in the spiritual. That God's desire is to raise up out of the brokenness and the ashes and the rubbish, And we have a responsibility each and every one of us tonight who are on the wall to lift up our voice and to cry unto the Lord just like this widow woman. Just to close, if you turn over into Nehemiah chapter 4 and you see something uh, of this working out. I know it's very much the physical, but there's so much spiritual principles uh, and understanding that we can draw out of this great chapter in the rebuilding of the walls. When we get here in chapter 4, we know that God has already appointed His people and brought us people back, and the building work has begun. But in chapter 4, we see that there is a fierce opposition to the purposes of God. And, And saints, every one of us should know tonight that in this prayer meeting, there is a fierce opposition to your prayers. There's a fierce opposition for you to rise up out of yourself. Sometimes it's our own. Uh, flesh if you like or a preoccupation in our minds but there is an enemy that is against the prayer meeting tonight there is an, not it's not you or me don't look at people it's a spiritual force that is against this place of prayer it's not about the numbers it's about those that are there that they pray through and break through there could be 500 or there could be five. It doesn't matter in the numbers. It's the unity of those numbers that are there to believe the Lord and to pray through and to touch heaven. And so there's a unity that is necessary, but it's nothing to do with how many people are here. We're few in number. Many of our brothers and sisters are unwell and can't make it and they would want to be here. But we have a responsibility for those that are here then to be on the wall and to pray. But the enemy's against that. We have a real enemy, haven't we? We have a real battle that goes on. And it opens in chapter 4 with Sambalat he hearing that there was a building of the wall. He was wroth and he had great indignation and he mocked the Jews and he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and say, what are these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish which are burned? Will these people get through? Will they achieve? Will they make it? That's the enemy just mocking and trying to pull down. That is that is the enemy. That's the voice of the enemy to pull down and destroy and to discourage. And there's a real enemy that works against the saints of God. But you know, it's so important that we rise above that, that we lay hold of the Word of God. And then there's verse 3, it says, Tobiah the Ammonite was with him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out before thee, for they have provoked thee the anger before the builders. We see these builders I see them here very much as those that were building up the, 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 the house of God, the work of God. And it's very much our responsibility in prayer to build up the work of God, to strengthen, to strengthen the work in prayer, to strengthen those that labor, all of us as co-laborers together with the Lord, but to pray the strength of God in all of that against the enemy. And the enemy is so real in these days, so potent, so divisive, so So particular in his attack against the people of God. And he mocked them. And it says in verse 6, So they built the wall. So built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind. There was a unity in the people. There was a one mind. And that's so important when we come to pray tonight. That the mind is one towards the things of God. And towards prayer. That we really believe the Lord. Verse 8, it says about the enemy again, they conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. You know, there's only a one force that wants to hinder this meeting tonight, and it's the powers of darkness. It's the devil himself. He wants to hinder the prayer meeting. He wants to pull down. He wants to, to, to discourage. He wants us to be weary. He wants us to be faint. He wants us to, you know, as the enemy was saying, well, what's the point? Will you build this? Is it even possible? And the enemy is a liar. So we have to pray through. We have to break through that that work of the enemy that's against that prayer tonight coming through and touching heaven. He's against that because he knows when heaven's touched, heaven comes down prayers are answered. People are healed. People are touched in their homes tonight. If we pray through, it's not just to go through uh, just a few moments of praying to each other. We're praying to the God of heaven, but we're believing for those that are sick at home that God would touch them and raise them up in an instant. And we believe the Lord. We believe the Lord's able to do that. Amen. And so the enemy comes again. It says in verse 11, our adversary said, shall they not know, neither see till we come in the midst of them and slay them and cause the work to cease. We want to stop. Can I tell you, friends, that the enemy wants to cause the prayer meeting to cease. He wants to stop you from praying. He wants to stop you from opening your mouth. He wants to stop you from lifting up your voice. It's not so much how you get all the words out. It's not so much that you get all your grammar right. It's when you open your mouth from your heart and you call out unto God, the enemy would seek to cease, cause you to cease from praying through. And then it says in verse 13, and this is Nehemiah, he said, I sat in the lower places behind the wall than the higher places. I even sat the people with their families and with their swords, and with their spears, and with their bows. Nehemiah knew he was in a battle. And he knew we had to fight. And brothers and sisters, there there has to be a fight in the place of prayer. We're fighting for something. It's a good fight. But we need to fight in the place of prayer. And each, every individual had a responsibility. If, If it was Nehemiah standing here, he would be saying, Okay, David, you've got your family and your wee ones, and I want you to pray for them. Stephen, you have your family, your wee ones, and your, you need to pray for them at that wall. Uh, Mum, you have a place at the wall. Would you pray for that place that you, you have a part to play in the prayer meeting, and so forth? Charis, you have a place at the wall tonight. You need to pray. That's what Nehemiah would be saying if he was standing here. He says, "We're here to build. We're here to pray. We're here to pray through and believe the Lord." And so each person responded with the one mind to say, I have a part on the wall. I need to pray. I need to believe the Lord. And it says in verse 14, And I looked up and rose up and said unto the nobles and the rulers and to the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Just remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Remember Him. Remember who He is. And do you know what He said next? He says, And fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. They had something to fight for. And brothers and sisters, we have something precious to fight for tonight. You have a house to fight for. I'm not talking about your bricks and your mortar. I'm talking about your family. You have a husband or you have a wife to fight for. You have a son or you have a daughter. You want to fight for them tonight. You want to fight for them in prayer. I know the battle's been won. But I know in prayer there is a battle. The enemy's against the prayer meeting. And so He says, fight. He says, fight. Would you fight for your brethren? Would you fight for your loved one? Would you fight for your house? Would you fight for this town? Would you fight for this nation? Would you fight? Would you fight for the souls of men? Would you fight? Would you labor? Would you wait? Would you call? Would you cry? Both day and night like the widow woman? Would you fight for it? That's what Nehemiah is saying. And it came to pass when our enemies, verse 15 says, when our enemies heard that it was known unto us that God had brought their counsel to nothing, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. I love that bit because it's just so amazing that the Lord just went into the enemy's camp and see all their counsel, the wiles of the devil, the schemes and the plans of the enemy. He just brought it all to nothing at the click of a finger. I knew what the people did. They didn't lie down, but they rose up and they began to build. They went back to the work. Verse 17 says, They which builded on the wall, they that bear the burdens, those that laid it, one with one of his hands wrought the work and the other held a weapon. We've got weapons tonight. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We have great weapons tonight. We have a work to do, a work in prayer. But we have weapons that we need to keep in our hands. We've got the sword of the Spirit. We've got the place of prayer that's a mighty place in God to pull down all the strongholds of the enemy. But we got to fight. And verse 18 says, The builders, every one had a sword, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet as we looked at it on Sunday morning was by me. In verse 20, the trumpet was important. The call was in that place, therefore ye hear the sound of the trumpet, that ye resort ye thither unto us, and our God is going to fight for us. You see, when we pray, could I just encourage you in something? When we pray, when someone prays, when someone stands at their feet, or sitting down, or on their knees, and in a prayer meeting, and when they pray, in that place where you hear the sound of the trumpet. In other words, when someone begins to pray, when they're praying for a loved one, when they're praying for a burden, when they're praying for someone who's sick, you know what happened? Resort ye thither unto us. In other words, there was a unity behind that one prayer. For example, if if Stephen stood up to pray tonight, For a need that's in his life and he was praying whether it was for revival or whether it was for his dad and he began to pray the responsibility of all those that are in the prayer meeting are to resort to that place in the wall do you understand what I'm saying if Nicky stands and begins to pray and call on the Lord tonight for those that are not well and not here tonight and begin to lift them up before the Lord what you have to do is in a responsibility in that is to join in behind that prayer with your, with not just because we're saying amen, but we're coming into agreement in prayer and we're coming to that place in the wall because we know that's where we have to build. And so you get behind that person in prayer. If James stands tonight and begins to call on the Lord, then what we have to do is get behind James in prayer. And we are united in our prayers and we pray with him and and, and we encourage him in that prayer. It's not elevating James or Stephen or Nicky or anyone when they pray. But, you know, have you ever been in a time when you're praying and you feel that the wind's coming against you rather than the wind's behind you? It's great when the wind's on your back. does anyone know what I'm talking about? But sometimes the wind is a headwind. That's called a headwind. That's not you just imagining things. I'm not over exaggerating the enemy in any sense in this. But sometimes you can begin to pray. But then you sense when there's a, when the, when the oil begins to flow. It just always doesn't happen at the click of a finger. But when the oil begins to flow, and somebody was asking me, and I was going through the school the other day, someone was trying to learn about slipstreams. And uh, there's a spiritual slipstream, you know, that when when the Lord begins to lead in the place of prayer, it's like you can get into the vacuum. And and know when you're passing a, a slipstream is when you're passing a big, massive lorry on the motorway and you get on the side of it. next minute you feel the car getting sucked along. That's the slipstream. But we just want to be carried in the place of prayer. We want to get into that place where the Lord draws us. And we just want to go with that. And so it's important when when you hear that trumpet going, there's a place in the wall. Maybe part of that wall is starting to be pushed down by the enemy. Well, we have a responsibility to get behind someone in prayer and to get with them in prayer and to get beside them in prayer and begin to encourage them in prayer. We're not lifting them up, but we know we're against the spiritual forces and the powers of darkness. Sometimes, uh, I'm sure you've seen it, and sometimes, but I tell you, I'm... I'm encouraged by it and I've seen it all. Sometimes I open my eyes, I've just finished praying, and Brian Annett's standing right in front of me, and he's been amening me the whole way through. That's wonderful. It's not that he's amening me, he's just getting behind you in prayer. Because we need to get behind what we need to join in prayer, to pray through, because we're against something. And they're against us. That's the enemy. And so we labored in the work, the close. Half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. I mean, this was commitment and prayer. This was commitment to the work. They held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Think about that. I mean, this is commitment to the work of God. This is dedication. Look what it says again. From the rising of the morning till the stars Half of them held spears. I mean, they set that watch. Likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, Let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. You know, we have the labor. The Bible says, while it is day, for the night comes. And that night is about to be upon us. That night is coming. The night comes when no man can labor. We've got a great privilege tonight in the place of prayer to come and to seek the Lord and to, and to pray and to pray and to pray and to cry unto the Lord until he answers. Take this wonderful privilege of prayer tonight and let's get together in unity and with each other and let us pray and seek the Lord tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. It's lovely to have Annabelle back with us. Annabelle, would you open in prayer tonight. Lead us out in prayer. Praise the Lord. Amen.